This is David Hamilton, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. The Premier League returns and Fulham travelled up to Everton to see if that winning run at Goodison after 27 years of pain would continue. And it did, in a smash and grab sort of way, but Fulham have three points on the board and Burnt Leno slipped into yet another comforting bath filled with the tears of XG zealots all around the world. It was a wonderful trip up, kind of, to the north. Anyways, Hounslow United will be jumping on the bus down the Great West Road on Saturday for the first West London derby of the season. Saudis are back doing Saudi things. We've got mad hats to discuss and one of the hatters to discuss them with. I am joined by Wigo and Sam to add what we loosely term as insights into another week in the life of Fulham Football Club. I'm Boney and welcome to your Fulham Focused Podcast. Fulham. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. It's nice to chat after a victory, and especially one in Liverpool. How was it? I think you were there, weren't you, Wigo? Because I saw a hat and I was told you were underneath it. So explain yourself, man. Yeah, it was it was a cracking day. Um, that's the second time I've been to Goodison now and second win. So uh, I love it up there. I've got nothing but good memories of Goodison Park. Uh, yeah, hats as well. Made it onto the Fulham Instagram. That is uh, Frenchie's idea. He decided that sombreros would be a good idea to uh, pay homage to our new striker. And lo and behold, we stood out like a bunch of sore thumbs. So um, yeah, made it onto the Instagram. And uh, yeah, it was great. A great day all in all. And uh, delighted to be coming home with three points. Uh, probably undeserved three points as well, actually. But yeah, they don't get better than that sometimes. Yeah, you're lucky it wasn't raining. It would have drummed you into the floor wearing that hat. Uh, Sam, hello, sir. How are you? Hello, I'm I'm very well. I had a whole monologue ready to go about uh, what I thought of the people wearing the hats, not realizing that Wigo was one of them. So, um, scrap no, 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 go, go, that. Go, go for it. Um, we've, I think everybody's been taking the piss. Of- no, great guys, <laughs> great great character. You love to see that other football. Splendid idea. Well done. Yeah, um, nice one. Cheers. Do you also are you also part of the Barmy Army at the cricket as well? No, but I was at the cricket and I was sort of listening out for him. I was like, "Are we near him? Are we near him?" And uh, lo and behold, we weren't, which I was a little bit gutted about actually, because uh, yeah, I'd have loved to have joined him. Uh, you'd, you'd love that know, bucket hat. Uh, enough of that. That's yeah. That's that's a different podcast altogether. Anyways, but first first week back, win on the board. We've talked about the hats. Third win on the bounce at Goodison for us. We're not. We're going to talk about some other stuff later. But let's get the Everton sort of roundup for it. I did see the game on on the telly box. Wigo, you were there. Sam, you saw it as well. What are, What are our takeaways from it? We've kind of all agreed that it was lucky. But who wants to go first on there? Reminiscing of our first win of the season. Go on, Sam. You, you're 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 looking keen. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's it is one of those where it's just great to start of a win. Three points on the board, you, you can't ask more than that. There's obviously a lot of work to do um, in regards to the performance, but 
come the end of the season, come May, if we're you know, if we need points to stay in the league, if we need points to possibly push for a European place to finish above a Brentford or Chelsea, then we won't really remember what happened on the opening day. We'll just know that we got a win at Everton. And again, I just can't believe that that Wigos had the good fortune to see two in a row because I had a spell of going to Goodison ten years in a row and we lost every single one. Um, it was that, that was a time where there was only really three certainties in life, and that was death, taxes, and Fulham would get beat at Everton. So the fact that we've won three in a row there is really like incredible. That it was the, the fixture in English football um, that had the the longest same streak of outcomes. Uh, Twenty one games Everton won in a row against us. Uh, and we'd never won there until Scott Parker and, and Josh Masher worked their, their magic there in, what was it, 2019? Um, so it was Madge's first game, I wasn't it? it? didn't come off the bench. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, was, it was as good as it got, really, wasn't it, for him? Um, so, yeah, three, three wins in a row at Everton and three points to start the season. You can't really ask more than that. We go. It was raining. You had hats on. You saw yet another win. What was your take from the the terrace? Well, one thing it wasn't doing was raining. I tell you, it was raining three points, but that was about it. Um, yeah, the sun was shining. Actually, to be fair, um, no, it was it was amazing. The whole day, start to finish. Um, I, as I said at the start, I love it up at Goodison only because I've seen us win, um, and. So it was just that great, that feeling, football's back. It's been so long, you know, as great as pre-season is to sort of see players get bedded in, there's nothing like a league game uh, to get started. And, you know, Everton over recent years is a perfect chance to get three points, especially away from home now as well. Um, So the start could have been a lot worse and we've started off better than we did last year. Um, Yeah, it was cracking. We obviously a little bit shaky at the back, I'd say. Um, you know, Cobwebs potentially, Tim Ream hasn't had that much football. I was probably quite surprised to see him get the nod, actually. Um, and yeah, it just it felt a bit ropey, a bit nervous uh, to start off with. But, you know, we got there in the end. Yeah, I, there was a lot of space between him and Diop and they exploited that quite a bit going direct through the middle. It was a worry. There was a few squeaky bum moments. There's a lot to talk about, I think, in this one because we've we've been seeing nothing but clips of keepers doing silly things. I want to get the Trakowski, Trakowski, whatever his name is. He doesn't play for us. So I don't need to say his name right. The foul there, I was to me that was that was never a foul against Leno. I think he he came for it and lost it, and the goal should have stood. I'm glad it didn't. And I'm very happy for Wigo that it didn't otherwise have been a long trip for a draw. But Sam, what was your take on Leno's flappy moment? Yeah, I feel it's it's one that that could have gone either way, really. And I don't think we could have had too many complaints if it had been given. Uh, I've, I've sort of watched it six or seven times back on the TV, each time desperately trying to look for an infringement just to <laughs> to, to feel that the win was had at least... Uh, deserved in some some capacity, um, but no. I, uh, sometimes there's an angle where I think maybe Tarkowski has sort of lent in, or maybe even just stood his ground in a way that strikers do, and when they they get sort of penalised for defenders going over the top of them. But 
uh, yeah, there, there wasn't too much contact. I mean, possibly just his ears seemed to get in the way a lot of notice with Tarkowski. As that could have been a factor, but um, no, I think we were lucky there. But Kane was offside, so it wouldn't have stood anyway. Even if the referee hadn't blown, yeah, Michael Kane was offside because obviously he was behind Leno and there was only one defender behind him. So the rule is that you need to have two. Um, so and it was handled by Tarkovsky as well. So, you know, don't feel like we've properly robbed them because the goal wouldn't have stood anyway. So I'm not sure how much of that you could have seen uh, because, first of all, that terrace is, is roof is very low. And with a sombrero on was, as well, you, you could only have seen a good six feet of the pitch. I was four rows from the front. I was right in line with it. <laughs> I was perfect. He was offside. Like, <clears throat> you could you could see, and you can see on the replays. So it would have gone to VAR. And obviously, I know you can't trust VAR, really or the idiots that use it. But you would think with any common sense, it would have been ruled out for offside anyway. Um, so, you know, hold your horses. Don't worry. We didn't completely rob them. Uh, they robbed themselves there. Kane should have been onside, shouldn't he? It's, you're spoiling it. I, I like the story more if it was a complete blatant robbery. But there we go. I Let's get on to some positives because I'm sure we've got lots of us just wondering how on earth they did well we know the way they didn't score they got neil mopai up front so there was no chance of that happening but we rode our luck a lot during that game there was a few things that worried me and i think that was just the ease at which things went straight through the middle i know Paulinho's not there normally where we were solid it looked like they were exposing things and it didn't seem like we were changing things up to slow it down that was my takeaway from it. You have to agree with me both because I'm the host and I'm new. So tell me why I'm right. I'm good with that. <laughs> I, no, I think it's a combination of things that we we have touched on already. The fact that Paulinho is missing is a, a key factor there. And also the fact that Tim Ream hasn't played too much football has come back after a layoff. Uh obviously not getting any younger um, and just just maybe a little bit rusty. Um, but certainly some of the gaps through the middle were startling, especially in that first 15 minutes or so. They could have could have comfortably been two up after what, five minutes. So as as I said at the top, that that is the something to work on that I was I was most concerned about. Um, and whether that's just due to those two playing regularly at centre half together or another combination of defenders I don't know um, but I certainly wouldn't be in any rush to to be writing Tim Ream off after the sort of the heroics of last season not at all not at all Wigan yeah much agreed it was it was a tricky one I think I got all across the bat to be honest I thought Tete got caught out quite a few times to be honest which is not like Tete actually you know obviously we can't really criticize him because he was unbelievable last season but I did find that Iwobi had a lot of space on that left wing. Um, it's lucky that he's a crap footballer, really, because uh, any <laughs> any half-decent winger and we could have been punished. But, um, yeah, no, he is shocking. And Neil Malpay up front as well. I mean, you know, if we played a team with a decent striker, we'd have gone and, as you said, Sam, we'd have been about 2-0 down after five minutes and it really would have been a long day. Um, so it's lucky that Malpay turned us down and went to Everton, really, because that could have been us. 
So in Malpe's defence, that so we did score thirty-one seconds after he'd been substituted. So maybe he was the one who was holding it all together yeah, for them in the first place, wasn't he? To be fair, what a player leading yeah. from the front. <laughs> I, I I kind of keep blocking out of my brain that it was between us and them when he went there, but. Oh goodness! I, I, I mean, it wasn't even real. We, we were we were completely in the driving seat with that one. It was probably only Tony Khan trying to squeeze a few quid at the last minute that meant he he went that he went to Goodison instead. Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it? He had a, a phone call from Frank Lampard, and that was what swung the the deal. Um, yeah, I must admit, I was I, I was all right with the prospect of him coming to be back up for Mitrovic. Um, I seem to have it in my head that he he was kind of a scourge of Fulham in the past, mainly just because I still have, <laughs> I wake up sometimes in the night after that equaliser he scored for Brentford, deep into injury time at the Putney end. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, it turns out he's actually not very good at all in front of goal. Um, yeah, he's faced us five times, not won a single game. So let's hope he's still there uh, <laughs> come the second game back at the cottage. Long may it continue. Let's talk about another striker. The hats were out in force. We're going to keep mentioning that. You're never going to live it down, Wigo. But I thought Raul did well. He was dropping deep. He was trying to link up play. There was not a lot really for anybody in that first half to to really get stuck into. But I thought he was, he looked the business and of course hit that beautiful turn and hitting the post, which was guttingly close, I thought was great just before he got yanked off from Mitro. But what did you think, Wigo? Yeah, I thought he was fine. I thought it was I don't I thought it was an adequate debut. It was tricky because he didn't get any service at all. So it was really tricky for him to get involved in the game. Uh, you know, he was coming in deep to receive the ball a few times, but other than that, through no fault of his own, he was a little bit quiet really, um, until he hit the post, literally a few seconds before he got taken off. And it was it was a great effort. I didn't think I didn't think it would have the legs on it to even sort of get near the post, really. I thought it was gonna be an easy save for Pickford. Um but yeah, fair enough. He, you know, he did. He did okay. He didn't. Nothing stood out to be bad. Did nothing massively of note other than hit the post. Um, so yeah, all in all, decent. But it was time when he did go off. It was the right time to make that change. We were lacking something. Um, and the beauty of having three striker options for now, anyway, is that you've got a lot of ability there to rotate if you're only going to play one of them. You know, you've got three very good strikers to choose between. Um, so, yeah, we had the ability to freshen it up and Marco got it right at the time that he did. I'd echo much of that. I mean, as bad as Everton are under Sean Dice, Dice they're always going to be built from the back and and Michael Keane and James Tarkowski's it is quite a tough proposition for a striker, and especially when we're not given the service, as, as Wigo rightly says. Um, it's, it is, well, it's interesting that as soon as Mitrovic and Andreas came on, that's when the, the game really sort of changed in our favour. Um, so hopefully, if we, we still have both of those players come when the uh, the transfer window does shut, and for the rest of the season, I'd, I'd still expect, you know, Mitrovic to be the one leading the line. And I think with Andreas there behind him, we, you know, we have got the prospect of a good forward line. Um, but it's all lifts and butts, isn't it, at the moment? And it was through that lovely pass from Mitro, again, dropped deep onto the right-hand side with a little through ball that, that started it all up. And 
Bobby, body for the team, Deckard over Reed. <laughs> Literally throwing himself and getting cleaned out by Pickford as well, I think it was. I I thought that was a really, really well-worked team goal. There was a lot of good touches in that. And it was one that I just was a bit envious of Wigo being there because it must have been great to hear that place quiet. It it was certainly euphoric when it went in. It's funny because there was... There was sort of elements of Brighton away and Southampton away last year in that moment because a few minutes before I'd said, I can't see a score and we can be here all night and I can't see a scoring. And then we go and score, which is exactly what I said at Brighton before Solomon got the winner. And then it was like Southampton where uh, it was sort of a lucky cross, right? You know, Pereira slid in for it, much like Reed did at Southampton. And uh, there was someone at the back post, this time Bobby, on the end of it. And... Um, yeah, the place went mad. There were sombreros flying everywhere. Um, and yeah, it, it was amazing. It Because it was so unexpected. They had so, Everton had so many good chances. And we hadn't, we'd had a few, but we hadn't created anything of note. So yeah, it was a bit of a surprise really for us to then go and take the lead. And then you wonder how you're going to react to it. Because we've been under the cosh pretty much the whole game. Are we now going to be sitting back on a 1-0 lead? You know how are we how are we going to react to taking a lead here? Um, so it was a really interesting prospect to go one 0 up in a game where we definitely didn't deserve to be. What I would say about the 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 cross, I don't think there was any good fortune. In it. I thought that was brilliantly played by by Pereira. I thought that was one of the best things I've seen. Well. Yeah, this season. Actually, scrap that. One of the best things you've seen this season. (laughs) I was going to say this season, and I thought I've only seen about thirty minutes of football. Um, Yeah, no, scrap that. It was a bold statement. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't know where I was going. I went all Don Goodman, and it was just it was nonsense. (laughs) Okay, it was a good cross. It was it was a lovely cross, and let let's let's get this out of the way because, frankly, I'm. I'm bored of it, but as soon as that game finished, Twitter went alive with levels of levels of XG punditry that we couldn't really fathom. And John's done a great article on the Fulham Focus website, which you should all go check out, which to be fair, has a very Fulham opening talking about the theater on a Friday night. So well done, sir, if you're listening in on that one. Personally, I think this is XG is the cryptocurrency of football statistics. It's one of those ones that the more you believe in it, the more important it is. Gents, before we get on to more exciting things, what is your XG feelings on this? Because, you know, I'm just looking it up. Everton were two. Yeah, we're getting a a one finger salute from the States on that one. Everton were 2.35 and we were 1.41. And I guess that's right. One, we won. Happy days. But yeah, it's it's a waste of time for me, but it could be because I don't understand it. What do you think? It's a load of bollocks, isn't it, really? <laughs> it is. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. You see some people go, oh, Fulham will get relegated because they massively outperformed their expected goals against last season. And their numbers don't reflect the sort of season they had. The only number that matters is the amount of points you got at the end of the season. We got 52 last year. So anyone saying that, you know, we massively overperform can piss off because I watched us play last season and I watched us play on Saturday. And yeah, we didn't deserve to win, but it takes the eye to see that. You can watch a match of the day highlights 
you know we didn't deserve to win. So, you know, it's just, it's people in their mum's basement trying to overcomplicate things. It's a game of football. Just go have a laugh with your mates, with your family, and enjoy it. Stop trying to overcomplicate it and pretend you've got a life. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so I don't mind, XG. <laughs> Uh, from the basement (laughs) my mum doesn't have a basement Um, I think it's quite it's a valid metric but it's obviously it's got it's it's many flaws Um, it certainly told a story on Saturday but as again as we points out it's a story that we we all saw anyway and that was pretty much that Everton battered us in the first half Um, one of the statisticians, uh, Matt Cheatham at Sky Sports, who was an Everton fan, uh, tweeted that the Everton's XG um, was higher than any side managed last season in a game in which they failed to score. So two things there. Everton's forwards are awful, which we know. Uh, and we have an excellent goalkeeper, which we also know. And the other thing that XG tells us is after half time, Everton's XG was 0.6 and ours was 1.46. So if they want to talk about who performed and overperformed, underperformed in the second half, it shows that we were a better team. And I think that's fair. And that's when we won the game. But so. even then, I wouldn't agree with that because I, I think they still had a lot of really good chances in the second half to actually suggest that we weren't the better team at all because they missed some sitters again. So, you know, I'm sure I'm sure they were thrown goal a couple of times. Like second half, Dan Juma missed. It was the one that Patterson should have scored when he, when he, yeah. Um, But I think you know we had chances as well. Not only just the goal, um, which here's a flaw for XG was I I imagine I I could look it up and tell you what the XG was for for Bobby's goal. But it was actually it was a harder attempt to to convert than I think that the XG would make out just because of where he was. It doesn't really sort of take into account his body shape or. The uh, the angle he's running in from, mm. um, but I think we were. I think we had chances after that. Um, Bobby had another chance where he could have scored, and that would have put the game to bed. So he should he should have scored. I think it's fair. I think it. He, he should know score. he should have scored the second one. Don't you think? I don't. It's not been shown on match of the day. I can't believe it. I thought it was a sitter that he's missed. If only you'd have seen it, right? Watching the game, you know, when he's gone outside of the right foot over the bar. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a sitter. Yeah, that... I was uh, Morg, Morg said I was being harsh. I was like, really? I I think he had time. He had more time than he thought he did. Yeah. He he, he went for he went for the spectacular, and he could have maybe but been was, a little bit. He was about six yards out, wasn't he? I thought left foot, mate. You know why are you going to the outside of your right? Like that's that's game to bed. That's done then. Game over. But it's not it's not been shown anywhere. I can't believe it. It's mental. So I've not seen it back. So I could be completely wrong, but. I'm that. sure through my beer clouded eyes that it was a sitter. It was one of those ones that if he hadn't have scored the other one, it was it would have been the other yeah. thing we were talking about. Yeah. But never mind. The uh, Fulham Focus snap poll of Are You a Fan of XG currently sits at two thirds against and one third for, or sixty five point nine percent against, which means we have some very clued in and switched on followers and Sam. Apparently, yeah. and that's only because I have I only have two or three Twitter accounts that I can use to vote. So, uh, if I open up a few more of those, then we can try and get that level. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; I hate it as well, but I, I think it's it does have some 
validity Again, somewhere. it's like VAR, right? It's not what it is, it's who it's used by. Nah, VAR's just wrong all over the shop. <laughs> It, it's it's the ginger stepchild <laughs> of stats. I'm sorry. It's it is what it is. Um, let's move on to some transfer news. Um, we have a new signing, Hazard, uh, an actual new body in. And I it took me a minute to get the thing of baby lotion in the Johnny Hainstead. I totally read that wrong. <laughs> but uh, Adama Traore has joined. I'm quite happy about that. I think him. And Raul, if they can rekindle some of that form from a couple of years ago, is going to be something. And he's free. I'm happy. Tell me whether or not I should be happy. Or well, I'm just wondering if Wigo's tribute to our our new signing was to wear a sombrero at Goodison Park. Is he going to turn up to the cottage fully <laughs> baby or I've up? already said that. To, I've, yeah. Bun- bungee, I already, bu- I already, funny enough, I already messaged Frenchy <laughs> to say let's cover ourselves in baby oil for Brentford at home. <laughs> Not that I'm gonna do it, but and that was before yeah, he signed, yeah. wasn't it? Just like for a laugh. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, that would, no, that would be ridiculous. Like the, the guy that's gonna have to pat you down as you go through the turnstiles, <laughs> gonna be me. delighted. Oh, thank God you haven't got a bag yeah, as well. I know. I know. I'll fit, I'll fit oh, that baby oil yeah. in my A4 bag to be fair. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's derailed everything that we were doing. Oh, but I mean, I can. If if Johnson wants to sponsor the podcast, we will more than happily do a spot for their their finest baby oil in the world. No babies were harmed <laughs> in the making of the oil, of course, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can start this. I actually think it's a no-brainer on a free transfer, personally. I think his pace in itself is just an unbelievable commodity to have on your team. And Sam, it might have been you that said it. It, it, um, it might have been in the chat. Like, you'd rather have him for you than against you, right? Like, when he played for Middlesbrough the other year when Norwood scored that last-minute penalty, he ripped us to shreds the entire game. The entire game. We were get. I think it was target at left back was just getting absolutely ruined, and you just thought there's just no stopping him because no one can keep up with him. His final ball is questionable. He scores against us, obviously, because um, who doesn't? Malpe, I suppose. But um, still, you know, he's a great. I think it's a no-brainer on a free. I really do, and I think it's really good business by the club to get him in because in the 60th minute, if you've got a knackered left back and you see him coming on. You, they would be absolutely petrified, and you know what an asset that is to have. Yeah, I suppose it's the uh, it's the Darren Freeman for the TikTok generation. Um, it's funny you say no brainer because no brain. That's pretty much how I've I've been describing Adama Traore for about five or six years, uh, and I think it's because he's just so frustrating because it shouldn't be allowed that someone can have that much athleticism and that much strength and that much pace and yet can't be able to kick a ball. It should be like a, a prerequisite of a, a sportsman of of that caliber. Just be able to kick a ball in any kind of direction. And he's never been able to do it apart from annoyingly when playing against us and yeah, either sort of taking Matt target to the cleaners or, Roasting, uh, roasting Hope Joachim Anderson in the last minute at the cottage. Um, I really, really, 
I really want this transfer to work. I really, really want him to be a success. I want him to be the player that I've always felt he deserves to be. But I'm dubious. And I, I, the last time I felt like this was when we signed Anthony Knockart. Um, just a, a player that a lot of people, sort of you know, casual observers, thought was a, a brilliant footballer. And I just always worried could do more harm than good. And I, so I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong. Um, I hope he manages to sort his crossing out. To say it's questionable, I think, is an overstatement. He kind of makes Anthony Robinson look like Beckham in that regard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would love to see him just, yeah, terrify, terrify fullbacks and chip in with some assists and some goals because it would be very, very handy. Well, yeah. Anthony Robinson's not going to worry too many people with assists, is he? Um, bah, sorry, I did go there. Come on, Jedi. You can do it, buddy. We, we've got faith in you. Um, we're into what I count as part 200, sorry, 642 of the Mitrovic and Saudis on-off, on-again relationship. Apparently, they're back in again today, and they are now insisting, which, of course, makes every transfer that little bit easier when you insist that you want the player. This, from all we've been hearing, I know Tristan in the group chat's been saying it's not going to happen after many weeks of him saying it's done and he's dead to everybody. I think this is going to rumble right on up until the deadline closes, until they get nearer to that magic. Was it 52 million or whatever it was the number was supposed to be? Are we worried or do we think now that all of the, you know, him playing on Saturday, everyone's saying that he's back integrated into the, into the team. Is he going to undo all that now? The long pause says it all. Uh, I'm bored of it. I'm just so bored. It's like, <laughs> the, th- the thing is, I, uh, people are getting pissed off with the low balling from the Saudis, as am I, but <laughs> we do it all the time to clubs. Like, think about how long this Callum hudson Adoy deal has taken, and that was for £8 because we're playing low ball. And, you know, it's fine if we do it, but if clubs do it to us, it's not, which is totally fair, and I completely agree. Um Either pay it or don't. If you're going to fork out 13 million euros a week for Kylian Mbappe, you can afford 52 million pounds up front. So either pay it or don't. If you don't want to pay it, then piss off. Uh, I, I, I don't think he'll go anyway. I think the whole thing about going was if Marco was going. I think that now he's been reintegrated back into the squad. I think the club would be extremely, extremely reluctant to accept a bid that even matches that valuation they originally gave. So it will be interesting to see if the rumour is that he threw his toys out the pram last time. It'll be interesting to see if that sort of scenario happens again. Um, will it all be done quietly or will it not happen at all? It's anyone's guess. Uh, but I'm just not sure it's going to go through. I just think now we've started the season, we've got a team that's built around him really. You know, let's be honest. Are we really going to let him go now the season started? We'll be scrambling for a striker. Because let's be honest, we can't have just Raul and Vinicius. We'd need another striker. You just said they were both really good. 100%. (laughs) You know, I think think Jimenez is a great player, but he didn't score a Premier League goal last season. Are you really going to tell me that's a replacement for your your 12-13 goals, however many Mitrovic got? How many did he get? 12-13 last season and missed a third of the games? 
that's not a replacement, is it? It's a great addition. It's not a replacement. So I can't see us letting him go because we won't have the time to find someone who's a brilliant replacement. But that's my opinion on it. Yeah. I do I do feel for Al Halal. They've just spent all that money on Neymar and still need someone who's actually going to score goals for them. Yeah, I'm loath to talk about it because because I just I, I don't want to face the possibility of it being true and it happening. I think it's you know during my time supporting the club, I've seen players that I've really loved leave, and it's you know it's, it's always quite difficult to deal with. But I think this will be. <laughs> Even though I'm a, you know, a proper adult now and shouldn't really be getting this emotionally invested in, in what is essentially is a game, um, it will really, really hurt if he does go. Um, and I think you know, we've seen that with a lot of Fulham fans, just the way it's sort of played out over the last five or six weeks on social media and on message boards and stuff. You can see the stages of grief that they're all going through. Um, it's all there. Anger, denial, bargaining. It's it, it's a whole sort of breakup of a relationship and they never get any easier, um, however old you get. I think deep down, I think it will happen. Um, and when it does, if it does, it's really about how the club reacts because... I think, yeah, as Wigo alluded to, I, I don't think we can replace him. We certainly can't replace him with what we've got. And I'm not convinced we can really replace what he does, what he brings to the team, the goals he scores. I don't think we can replace it with the money we'd have available. So, like Latore signing, I'm I'm desperately hoping that I'm proved wrong. I'm, I'm really hoping it will still be a Fulham player come the start of September. Um, but I'm preparing for the worst. I just hope if it happens, it happens this week. So it's done. We've got a couple of weeks to try to figure something out and move on. I, as I said last week, after, after that Man U game, my, my stock in our, our our dear Alexander is low. So I'm not going to go on about that anymore. A uh, quick couple more things because we've sort of sucked all the positivity out of this podcast. Um, Luke Harrisoft, Exeter. I'm pleased he's going out to get game time. I think Exeter will be all right, providing he's going to play... As has been pointed out, they're probably going to be in a bit of a battle against relegation. I think that's positive. Incomings, we mentioned. Uh, we go mentioned the ongoing Hudson Odoi thing. I, I'm not even going to waste any more breath on that because, well, Palace are in for him now. Roy will be on the phone. Um, maybe we'll hear something about Gray now that the Everton game's gone. Game's gone. Tyler Adams was mentioned. It. It's all a lot of noise about nothing is my current feeling on our transfers and it worries me. I mean, the one good thing maybe we can take is the fact that the deals that we have done, um, while few, uh, they've been done quite quickly and without, well, without too much build-up. Obviously, if Hazan Adoy does go through, then that's quite the opposite. But in terms of Jimenez and Traore, they happened very quickly after sort of the rumours sort of first sprung up, the reports first sprung up. So, you know, maybe there's something we know, we know Tony Khan and and the board like to do business very late in a transfer window. So maybe we'll see one or two in leading up to deadline day and maybe we'll have, again, maybe a few in on that day itself, even if it's just loans. 
it wouldn't surprise me. Um, right, we we go. Do you have any transfer news that you want to do before we get on to more exciting things? First home game of the season, or should we just move on? Because Let's get on with it. I'm bored depressing. of transfers. Let's get into the season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who knows if we've got money to spend? We've, Who, yeah, we've Clearly we're not enough. Chelsea who can pull money out of their ass. And sp- yeah, that's enough. So, yeah, to, to be fair... J-Mac's back next week. He'll probably have five uh, wonderful signings to talk about. Yeah, all plays he's looked up on who scored. Yeah, it's, it is probably. Anyways, Brentford. So let's do the important thing. The weather for Saturday is actually looking pretty good. Bit rainy in the morning, but probably about 24 degrees by the time the match kicks off. You can break your hat out again, Wigo. So that'll be That's good. Would you, would you describe it as hat weather? I think it is hat weather. Depends on how far down in the hammy end not, you are. It is not away day sort of style on Saturday. The, the sombrero is strictly away days only. <laughs> coward. Absolute coward. So, um, Brentford looked all right on Saturday. Kind of. Well, the first half. And then it became all a bit dull in the second half. And I sort of went back to my drink. Any uh, takers uh, on that, or we're we just going to say, yeah, whatever. Uh, it was, uh, it was Spurs without Kane. Team, as much as I hate saying it, they they've got some really good players, and it shows that they don't need Ivan Tony. You know, I still think they, I still think they miss a striker. And one of my best mates is a season ticket holder for Brentford, and he he says they need they need a number nine. Really, um, as great as that Wisser is, they could do with a proper number nine in. Um, but they're, they're a really good side. They press really well. You know, they play some really good football. But I just don't like them. And I don't like Thomas Frank. So I really struggle to give them a lot of credit. Um, and I don't like their fans either, especially that Griffin Park grapevine. He is an idiot. So <laughs> they can get in the bin. And I would love a last minute winner again. But I don't want it to get that nerve wracking either. So. Yeah, they're a good team, but awful manager, awful fans. That's all I can say. So a good team, they're just awful. The club's awful. That'll do. <laughs> well run, but awful. <laughs> How do you top that, Sam? Come on, let's see. Well, I, I, I don't. I mean, uh, my, my boy's speaking facts there completely. Every single word he said there was, <laughs> was spot on. Um, but yeah, frustratingly, they... They are a good team, and, and they probably are. The sum of their parts is probably much much greater than people give them credit for. They they certainly aren't a one a one man team. They didn't rely on even Ivan Tony. That his goals were sort of an extra part of what they are. But the fact that he is unavailable, and David Raya, who I would probably consider to have been their second best player last season, has gone. I think we've got to take some hope from that. Obviously, last time we played them, we lost three two at their place. We were without what I would consider our two best players in in Paulinho and Mitrovic. So, if Mitrovic is available, uh, even be it from the bench, then you'd like to think we'd we'd be in a strong position facing them this time than we did a few months ago. And obviously, we have the bragging rights of having beaten them in where was it Philadelphia? Oh yes. <laughs> So maybe Harry Wilson can bring some of that preseason magic to the fore and uh, smash another early goal in from 25 yards. And maybe we won't have to rely on the uh, the Mitrovic last minute winner, but it would be nice. And 
we can make a fool of the new keeper, whoever that's. Well, I think be. he may be the old one somehow ended yeah. up at Arsenal. <laughs> he maybe is the weak link, the new goalkeeper. Uh, I, I didn't think he covered himself in too much glory in uh, trying to save Emerson Royal's shot at the weekend. But yeah, it's annoying how well uh, sort of Brian and Buemo and Johan Wisser have sort of stepped up in the absence of Tony, and that stat that that Sky were putting up all weekend. I think so. Is it seven games now? that Tony hasn't been available for and each one of them has scored or assisted in each game. So it does, does prove they are still a threat. Um, and I think they're, they're probably both on Tony's possibly. So they, they've got to play. Well, Producer Don was saying beforehand that how much pace they, they showed in preseason. And I think that is the case. Um, it's the lad they brought in from the Bundesliga it was supposed to be the fastest player in the Bundesliga last season. Um, he he's looked a threat. He, I mean, did he did he score the third goal against us at their place, or at least set it up? Um, so yeah, we'll have to, you know, we we'll have to be on it. Well, I think we will have to be in a better frame of mind than we were at Goodison, but they're certainly there to be beaten. And to be honest, I think the way the fixtures lie, we need to, we we yeah we need a positive result in that one. I want to beat them just because I don't like them either. Um, and, you know, first home game of the season, it's always nice to get one under the belt. And our first home game last year was really good. So who knows? Maybe maybe we can we can pull that one out of the bag because was it Arsenal and Man City after that before Luton um, and, and Palace, which we do have to win because that's my family's brunch matches, my dad and brother Palace fans for their sins. Um, what are our predictions for this? I'm, I'm going to go... 2-1 to us because I'm feeling I said I said we were going to beat Everton last week why not make it two in a row 2-1 to us there we go uh, that's uh, killed the mood as well you should see the faces ladies and gentlemen they both look at me like I'm I, a crazy person I do person. think we'll win cautiously I will say 3-2 again and Mitrovic is going to score the winning header and Flecken is going to be in no man's land or whatever his name is Kevin Mbappe going to produce yes. the magic again from yes. the right flank. Kevin, so now Mbappe. it's all good. Get so the- him back and get Lavin Kazawa back to cross it in from <laughs> left back and all. So the last three meetings, if we include the the game in preseason, all ended three two in uh, in one way, safe bet then. one way or the other. So yeah, possibly. I, I certainly I can't see either team keeping a clean sheet. So. I think the pes- pessimistic side of me will probably say two each, but fuck it. Let's go for 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one win. We're, we're, we're going to win, but XG is going to say we lost by five. Oh, well, uh, take the points away then. Let's just relegate us now. Can't outperform our XG. That would be a travesty. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's that's enough enjoying ourselves for one week. Got a couple other bits. There's been an update from the club on the Riverside. Yes, it's still there, which is great, but it's still not finished. So if you have the pennies to sit in it, I hope it's great. And yeah, it's not too many builders with ass cracks hanging out as they desperately try to get the paint on before the cons show up to have a look at it. Uh, But more important than that, um, Spurs tickets are out and available all pretty reasonable 30 quid hammy ends johnny haynes 40 quid in the riverside so if you want to go check it out it's actually quite Is that what constitutes is pretty reasonable these days well for us yeah yeah 
was it a hundred quid normally for you know seeing Luton or somebody like that? So yeah, forty quid to see a caneless Spurs. I'd rather pay not? fifteen pounds to go and see us lose at Crawley again. At least, at least you get I some laughs in. No thanks. <laughs> uh, painful enough. Uh, I don't I, want to experience uh, that again. I used to play six aside in an airport league across from that ground, and that was as close to it as I ever wanted to get. Thank Awful. you very much. Um, but there we go. Let's 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 we we've got one final bit of business which is the other fulham teams are in action this weekend as well so we have the under 21s hayden mullins black and white younger army don't know we'll work on that we'll workshop it in the group chat so we can come up anyways they've got their first uh, premier league two home game at motspur park against man city on friday evening at seven they won against wolves last friday so they've started well that was three two so uh, maybe yeah it keeps coming up it's an omen. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it is. It's, it's looking good. Yeah. I'm actually starting to reconsider my 2-1. I'm sticking with 2-1. Um, on Saturday, the under-18s are away at West Ham and the mighty Fulham women play Ashford United at Motspur Park on Sunday afternoon at half past two, which is their first, um, I think it's their first home game of the London and Southeast Women's Regional Football League. So all the best to them. Come on, you whites. Plenty of Fulham action. So if you're free on Friday or Sunday, do pop down for that. I'm moving house, so I'm going to be lucky to get to Brentford. But never mind. Go see them. Cheer them on. All the best to them. All the best to our whites. Wigo, Sam, thank you ever so much for putting up with me. I'm not going to drag this out any longer unless you guys want to. No, you? I'll see you on Saturday. Come on, Fulham. Yeah, of course. Beautiful. Of course, I've realised that the uh, two best things I had to say, I, I didn't get around to. But, well, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. There we go. Pod, podcast extra. Yeah. Fulham, Fulham focus, extra time. Sam, go. Uh, just. That's yeah, not very good. Well, Try again. You, you caught me off guard. I didn't think we were going to do it. No, it was just to, uh, to mention that um, if we can take a positive from Saturday, it was the first time we've won a game without João Polina since he signed. Uh, and in fact, we lost all three games without him Ooh. last year and we were conceded on average 3.3 goals a game when he was unavailable. So yeah, was what was our XG? the XG was off the what, charts. What was yeah, expected conceded so, goals. <laughs> even the basement dwelling dorks <laughs> didn't have enough fingers <laughs> for the XG in those games. Um, but of course, it's our first Premier League win on the opening day since 2013-14. And we all know how that one <laughs> played out in the end with the likes of uh, Felix McGaff and Larnell Cole involved to the end of that season, which was quite, quite depressing. So, yeah, you know, maybe a positive to take and, and a reason I to be cautious. I was at that game at Sunderland and it all seemed so positive. Damn, what a... Got brought back... Were you wearing a sombrero? No, I was wearing a free Fulham third kit though, but uh, we all got... Back- Brought back down to planet Earth by May, didn't we? Jesus. Shocking. Well, let's hope history yeah, does not repeat exactly. itself. I, I still think Rene would have kept Ooh. us up if he'd stayed Well, I do as well, but maybe that's, uh, that, that's yeah. another pod. Because it couldn't I'm, have gotten I'm much worse. Could <laughs> well, I said it at the time. Yeah. That, the performances against Liverpool and Manu where he actually got sacked, we played fabulously in those two games. I think we only lost by gold and the Liverpool one was like 89th minute winner or something silly like that. Oh, oh well, there it is. We're, we're reminiscing about dark times. We want positivity because we're going to beat Brentford, Hounds, sorry, Hounslow United on Saturday. So, gentlemen, 
Thank you ever so much. Producer Don, always a pleasure for keeping us in, in the straight and narrow as best as possible. And next week, you'll be delighted to know that J-Mac returns and you don't have to put up with me for a week or two. So thank you, everybody. And take care of yourselves. We'll see you on Saturday. Come on, you whites.